Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by InsideTexas.com beat writer Joe Cook. Uh, Joe, uh, you were at the Sark Presser today. Uh, listen to that. I, I tuned into the uh, 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 Nick Saban presser as well. Uh, we've got some stuff we want to talk about today. Uh, let's start with Sark, though. And let me ask you right off, any injuries coming out of the game last weekend of note? No, none at all. Uh, they mentioned, you know, Steve Sarkeesian even mentioned after the game, he didn't think there was any injury news of note. Uh, said the same thing today on Monday. Um, I know a lot of people saw Kelvin Banks leave. We never even got a reason. Uh, watching replay, it looked like his ankle may have gotten stepped on, but he ran off the field and one play later ran back in. Um, Alfred Collins uh, suited. Uh, he participated in pregame warmups, uh, but Steve Sarkeesian, as he did, uh, as he said last Thursday, said they were going to keep him out. He didn't suit to dress to play. Uh, there wasn't an update, so I'm guessing that everything he said from Thursday, uh, last Thursday, holds over. Uh, other than that, no new injuries, no new anything except for uh, Jaleel Billingsley in his in, in his uh, NCAA suspension. Yep, for a, for a six-game suspension, that's right, uh, Joe. I don't know that we've mentioned that on this channel. Uh, Billingsley, the tight end transfer from Alabama, uh, out for six weeks uh, for an NCAA rule violation. We don't know whether that was academic or otherwise, uh, but he is uh, on the shelf uh, at least for another five weeks of this season. Uh, Joe, you were at the uh, presser today with Sark. Uh, let's Before we get to Alabama, I want to ask you what your takeaways were uh, from Sark's recap of the game against ULM. Yeah, he he spoke a lot about what he thought was was good, um, and he started with the the defense, and, and not just the defense, but something across the whole team being able to play as many guys as they did. Uh, he said seventy six guys got into the game um, of the thirty five new players on this roster. Twenty eight of them played, uh, at least from the scholarship ranks. We even saw some some non-scholarship guys get get some uh, action in the game. For the most part, there wasn't much for him to complain about. He really didn't. Uh, the only real problems that he identified had to do with the, the punting and kicking game, um, and that was unfortunately all on Isaac Pearson. He bobbled the snap. Uh, he bobbled the punt. Uh, that's that's kind of the only thing anybody could really identify, Sarkeesian included, as being a glaring problem uh, from – from last Saturday's win over the Warhawks. Uh, but, you know, it's those little things that really come to bear against a team like number one ranked Alabama. Uh, you mentioned the Pearson thing. Do you think, did you get a sense from the press conference that Pearson was just persona non grata for the rest of the year or that they're going to try to work him in the rest of the year? There was no mention of it. Um, I, I know uh, Daniel Trejo came in and, and punted right after. And I know that's something you mentioned this morning over on Inside Texas, but we have to remember um, you, you can't really give up on a guy after two plays. I mean, if we did, if if Charlie Strong did that or Tom Herman did that, then Michael Dixon's not the all-pro punter he is right now. Plus, you add in the fact that uh, Daniel Trejo, what, Texas Westland is D2, D3, something like that. Who knows what he's going to respond uh, what his response is going to be under the big lights if Pearson's like that. So uh, Steve Sarkeesian didn't give a mention of it, but I, I doubt that uh, at least as far as his punting responsibilities that Pearson is out. Maybe they change the holder. Maybe they get him more reps, but I doubt that he's he's done punting after just one mishap. What did Sark have to say about uh, Quinn Ewers and his first start? 
a lot of what he said about uh, Quinn Ewers had to do with basically being good, not great. Um, he liked what he saw, but of course he had that interception. He had to calm down a little bit. Uh, after that, he said he he really liked what he saw, at least as far as you know, going through the offense and, and helping get the ball down the field. Uh, one of the things he's, he, he said that really caught my eye was that very rarely did I feel that the ball did not go to the right spot. And I think for all the arm talent we know Ewers has and stuff like that, decision-making was something we really weren't 100% sure about. We thought it would be great, but we didn't know what it would be like in game. And to hear Steve Sarkeesian say that his decision-making outside those first two throws, uh, putting the ball where it needed to be, at least as far as, you know, progression, maybe not accuracy at the pass, but progression, hearing that, that's that's definitely a positive heading into the rest of the season, let alone a game against Alabama. He also uh, mentioned some improvisational stuff that uh, uh, Ewers was able to do, including that little dump down to uh, uh, Jatavian Sanders uh, on a fourth down play. Or, or may have been a first down play. I can't I can't remember, but it was a dump down to him. The Gunner Helm pass is another one that he mentioned uh, that it was his fourth read on that play uh, on a on a play that ended up resulting in a first down um, for the Longhorns on a key third down conversion. Uh, Sark, it seemed from listening to the presser. I know you were in the room there, Joe, so it's a little bit different. Uh, but Sark's presser, it seemed like he was upbeat, but not over up behind he he had a he had a uh, sense of hey i'm not going to take this one as meaning too much i'm happy for the win uh, but we got more work ahead of us seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s with new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Exactly. And, and this is something he's echoed throughout the offseason. He said after the win against ULM, he'll probably say it Saturday and Monday no matter what happens with Alabama. Their goal is the Big 12 championship game and, of course, to win the Big 12 championship. Uh, so. This this ULM game is a step in the right direction, at least as far as bowl eligibility, which I know seems to be an easy bar to clear for Texas for the most part. But have you seen the past seven years? Even the next game doesn't matter as much as when it comes to you know getting to the Big 12 championship game. They want to win. They want to beat UTSA. But they have overall goals that they want to make sure they hit. Um, and you know, that that's winning these games is definitely part of them, but it's not, it's not going to detract from their biggest overall goal still. Hey, they know what beating the number one team in the country with a lot of eyes on, on the, uh, the screen would entail for the program. Yeah. I was, I, I thought it was interesting how, um, Sark, uh, didn't, uh, you know, didn't try to, to play into the, uh, ESPN game day, uh, coming to campus and or. Fox's big noon kickoff coming to campus. He literally uh, was going to, he was just like, hey, this is where it's at. Um, we're not necessarily going to participate in those festivities. We're going to be inside the stadium, not outside the stadium where all that hoopla is going on. Uh, at the same time, he says you have to control what you, what you have to control. That's where, uh, and that the Big 12 championship, uh, he said being in Dallas December 3rd is where he wants to be, uh, which is exactly what you just talked about. Talking with Joe Cook, uh, beat writer, for InsideTexas.com, 
uh, Joe uh, over in Tuscaloosa today, uh, Nick Saban, uh, typical Nick Saban style. You could catch uh, his press conference here on the On Texas Football channel. Uh, we, we put that up there for folks to watch if they're interested in it. Um, very interesting uh, couple of things that, that uh, Saban had to say. Basically, he ac echoed some of what Steve Sarkeesian said. I think the guys have a healthy level of respect for each other, but not a overwhelming amount of, oh, wow, I'm, I'm playing against the greatest ever, or Steve Sarkeesian is the best offense coordinator I ever had. Um, uh, Saban uh, essentially said both parties have an opportunity. It's not just that Sark knows how I run my defense. I know how he runs his offense. And so it's, it's, a, dupl it's a dual matter there. Um, he also talked highly about not only um, Xavier Worthy, but B. John Robinson. Uh, he called B. John Robinson one of the top backs, unquestionably one of the top backs in the country, if not the top back. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Uh, your take, uh, I know Sark was, you know, was uh, uh, asked a couple of questions about uh, Saban today. What did, what did uh, Sark, in your opinion, have to say that caught, caught your ear uh, about uh, Nick Saban? There was so much respect in the room today, whether it was Austin or, or Tuscaloosa, just so much respect. Uh, Texas respecting everything Alabama's done. Alabama respecting what Texas has done and what Steve Sarkeesian is. Um, it was almost like no one wanted to give each other a reason to have like, all right, got them, bulletin board material. So much so to where if you post something, a quote or anything, or either on Inside Texas or on social media that, gives the slightest hint of confidence. It's like, no, 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 don't do that. Like they're going to, they're going to hear about that. And it's just, sometimes it's just too over the top. Like anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U S like I am now identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Nick Saban doesn't have 50 staffers trying to pour over social media to see if one guy said something about the defense. He's got 50 staffers to study that defense and find the, you know, where he takes a wrong step and how to run a play there. Uh, Texas, you know, that, that that's I think that's an overblown thing. But that's just all to bring it back to the point that Steve Sarkeesian has a lot of respect for Nick Saban. I mean, if it wasn't for Nick Saban uh, giving him a chance after that, you know, after 2015 and ahead of the 2016 playoff, who knows what his career arc looks like? Yeah, he goes to the NFL, but, you know, he welcomes him back to Tuscaloosa to be offensive coordinator after I think either Brian Dabble or Lane Kiffin leave. A lot of respect there from Steve Sarkeesian going towards Nick Saban and for Nick Saban to Steve Sarkeesian for, you know, being the guy who continued to keep the Alabama offense in, in modernity and now even on the cutting edge uh, and help him reach not only two different uh, national title games or, or, or uh, big bowl games, but of course the 2020 national championship. That's not possible without Steve Sarkeesian and the, and the offense with, uh, Devonta Smith, Matt Jones, and Najee Harris. Uh, there's a lot of respect there. And of course, with, with Steve Sarkeesian and Bryce Young, you know, two SoCal guys, I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that 
Uh, Steve Sarkeesian still has family that's at Modern Day where Bryce Young went to school. Um, Bryce Young was recruited by Sarkeesian. Uh, they, their overlap was there for a year in that 2020 season. He thinks that Alabama runs a pass-first offense nowadays, uh, and a lot of that has to do with Bryce Young. That's Nick Saban running a pass-first offense. Uh, that tells you a lot about Bryce, Rung, Bryce Young, and Steve Sarkeesian knows all about the uh, former SoCal five-star. Yeah, it was very interesting how Sark described Young, right? He talked about him. He's known him, he said, since sixth grade. That, that tells you how long. I think it was sixth grade that he said he'd known Bryce Young. Uh, that tells you how long uh, Bryce Young's been a pretty probably a pretty good football player through the years. Uh, also said that Bryce Young had a little point guard in him, played point guard in basketball. Uh, and so being that distributor as a quarterback is part of what makes uh, Bryce Young so good. And part of why... Steve Sarkeesian wanted him to be the quarterback uh, when he recruited him to Alabama. Uh, we know that that Sark's looking for that same sort of uh, ability uh, from his quarterback and Quinn Ewers. Um, going back to that, uh, Jatavian Sanders had a, had a tremendous game. Um, Sark talked a little about how Jatavian's ability uh, takes some of the weight off of others uh, in in the in the uh, offense. That just more. More ability on the field at one time gives him an opportunity to create a better offense. Um, explain a little bit to folks that didn't hear uh, Sark talk what he was really getting at there. Yeah, I think if you think about tight end, um, there aren't a ton of plays that are designed for the tight end. So if you're, you know, third option is Jatavian Sanders. And we saw what all he did uh, during the game against Louisiana Monroe. That's a guy who, you know, if you have a third option, you're not, maybe not always expecting a ton from him, but if your third option is Jatavian Sanders and option one's covered, option two's covered, and that's option three, and he can still make those plays, that makes a big impact on the game, especially if he can hold up on the, you know, interior run blocking aspect. Uh, that tight ends have to do within this offense. So um, a lot of praise for Jatavian Sanders. Honestly, you could make an argument that the players of the game uh, for for the Longhorns against ULM both wore number zero. Uh, it's kind of what I wrote about on Inside Texas with with Overshone and, and Sanders and their connection. Uh, but but Jatavian Sanders brings about a way for Steve Sarkeesian for that third option to be better than their third defender, something like that, you know, kind of, you, you kind of match up in basketball that way you match up in football that way too. Um, and then, Oh yeah, by the way, Bijan Robinson's there to be the check down. And you think a check down defender is going to be able to know what to do against Bijan Robinson. It, it, it speaks to the collection of skill talent that, that Texas has and that Steve Sarkeesian has at his, uh, at his fingertips uh, this season. Um, Joe, to, to kind of sum up here, what, what I think we both heard, uh, I, I, I listened to the Saban when I know that you uh, were more there, uh, at, uh, Sark's presser. I just, I feel like, um, Texas is not intimidated, at least, uh, uh, Sark didn't want to, to say that, but both of those guys talked about in games like this or, 
no matter what the what the next game is, that internal focus is the number one thing that he that they need their teams to do. Sark talked about it. Uh, you know, Saban used a different term for it, execution. He wants to focus on the execution. Um, Sark wants to talk about internal focus of doing the right thing. That's this. That's all word word salad to say. You know, focus on what you can focus on and what you can improve yourself. Uh, and that last thing before I let you go, uh, what was the one? Th I, I found this interesting too. What was the one thing that Steve Sarkeesian learned during his time? Uh, from being around Nick Saban. Yeah, uh, that was, it's always interesting to hear about that. Um, he, he said he got his fair share of, of ass chewings, uh, just like uh, uh, Lane Kiffin did. Um, if I can find the quote, he said, it, it basically, the thing about that, those, you know, chew outs, him on the sideline, you know, barking into the headset, is that it means, Whatever the reason was, it didn't meet the standard of what Nick Saban wanted. Um, and I know Steve Sarkeesian's talked a lot about, you know, the impact that Saban had on him. Uh, and it's tough to boil that down to one answer. And he, he even said as much. But um, that the part about, you know, the, 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 the chewing outs, uh, that, that, that says a lot about Nick Saban because it's not just, you know, okay, during the whole offseason, you have to be this great. During the whole season, we want this. During this game, we want the win. No, he's doing stuff play by play by play, individual by individual by individual. And that standard has to be at a high level for literally everybody. And it's not just players. It's guys who are, you know, coaches, assistant head coach, offensive coordinators, play callers, associate head coaches. There's something that has to be always at 100%. Uh, and if it's not, then Nick Saban's going to let you know about it. But it's not the 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 yelling that stood out, the yelling that, that he learned. It's just staying to that standard at a at a consistent basis. That's that's something Sarkeesian uh, mentioned. He learned from from uh, Saban and is trying to apply as best he can here in Austin. Yeah, and I think the other thing that that he mentioned within that context was self discipline as a coach, right? Every day, the, the leadership of uh, the, the team has to be, and the head coach has to be, practice what you preach, right? It can't just be, do what I say, not do as I say, not as I do. Um, and I think that the, that was interesting to me to hear a guy like Steve Sarkeesian, who's been a head coach at Washington, USC, been in the NFL, uh, to say that he, you know, saw what, what, uh, what uh, Nick Saban did there at Alabama and said, hey, this is something that, that uh, he holds himself accountable, uh, and there's a self-discipline there that uh, is remarkable and something that he uh, took with him to Austin. All right, uh, Joe, I know you got you got stuff to do, and, and articles are right for InsideTexas.com. We appreciate uh, you joining us. Uh, for Joe Cook of Inside Texas, I'm Bobby Burton, uh, and this has been On Texas Football.